0: We're gonna get into my favorite part of today's show and that's the NBA tears that i had a joy creating last night uh gk i'm gonna share screen real quick and you'll be able to see them uh and then we're gonna go, we're gonna talk about it. i'm gonna go i'm gonna go one by one and uh we, we can talk about them right let me get it up close all right you guys you guys can see it yes yes sir all right so we're gonna start on the bottom all the way up so these are the week three and four tiers all right because we're working on week five in in the the nba right now right so at the bottom i got a home sweet home and i'm gonna explain it all to you guys and you guys can give your thoughts uh home sweet home just mean these are going to be the teams at the bottom all right they ain't going nowhere they ain't moving nowhere (laughs) they're gonna be at home sweet home all right when it comes playoff times any thoughts on that tier we got houston we got the pelicans we got orlando we got detroit and we got san antonio
1: no, that's that's right where they need to be.
0: <laughs> what about you, GK? Any thoughts?
1: Uh,
2: I think that the Spurs might end up finishing the year closer to 500 because I'm giving them, I'm giving Pop the benefit of the doubt. But um, but yeah, for the most part, I uh, I pretty much am on the same page with you. Um, I don't see any of those teams really having a a chance to make the playoffs. So you got you got
1: certain teams like you know even the Patriots, you know, if they were even like a bad team, let's just say, just switching to football real quick. Popovich is that same type of guy. Belichick and Popovich are coaches that, you know what? They, without even having the ball in their hands and playing the game, will will their team to a couple more wins throughout the season because they're just that good of head coaches. So, um, with that being said, yeah, I agree. San Antonio might be able to pull out a few more wins to maybe not have them in this bottom bracket and have them moved up a little bit. Um also, the Pelicans might have something to say about that, too. Right now, they're out with, without Zion. He had foot surgery. Two um, and 12. They, have, they two and
0: 12 I don't, know, they, I don't know if they got anything to say about anything.
1: Listen, listen, but, but they are missing two starters. They don't have That's Ingram, true. and they don't have Zion. So I would like to think maybe they don't have a winning record right now with those two guys, but they don't have two wins either. They got two wins. No, no, no. I'm saying if they had Ingram and they had Zion, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, because they're
0: one and nine in their last, uh, their last
2: ten.
1: Yeah, that's Um, and that's. I think they said Ingram's missed the last six or seven. We haven't seen Zion at all. So with those two guys in their lineup, I'd like to think they'd have two or three more wins than what they have right now. Maybe.
0: I agree. So just so you guys know, the tiers they change every week, GK. So depending on how the how the team doing the week, uh, before Mondays, before we record Monday, they move up and down the bracket. Um, gotcha. I don't know if you saw the first one, my first bracket, but a lot of teams moved. Uh, Pete did see it, and he could tell you a lot of teams moved. Right, the bottom bracket is pretty much the same. Uh, some teams fell, some teams went up. Um, but yeah, that's how that's how we're gonna do it. We're gonna try to um, we're gonna try to keep them keep the teams fluctuating as they play throughout the week. So moving on to the second bracket, is called "Who Are We," and I think it's self self explanatory. Atlanta Hawks, Boston, the first two. It's like who are we, bro? We're good teams. We have good players. We we just don't got it together. You understand? We just don't got it together. The last two Minnesota and Sacramento, it's like, yeah, we we got good teams, but who really are we? Where do we where, where do we fit in our conference? Where do we fit out here in the West? So what do you guys think about that bracket? Uh
2: I think the Hawks and the Celtics um I think it's good that they're struggling now versus getting closer to playoff time and struggling and scrambling to figure it out. Struggling now could be healthy for them because they're both so talented and they've both been playing. Well, the Hawks are, are pretty young, but the Celtics, they those guys have been playing together. So I think to struggle now is good because they can spend the rest of the year figuring it out. And then if they're, if they can have their, uh, strong momentum in the third and fourth quarter of the regular season, then that's going to bode well for them heading into the playoffs, which I, I, I think that both teams will be playoff teams. So, um, so yeah, I, I mean, I don't really see the Timberwolves or Sacramento really. I think that we're going to keep them probably in the bottom three tiers for the, for, for, for the rest of the year. But I expect uh, the Hawks and the Celtics to, um, to improve.
0: Oh, yeah, they're definitely, they definitely going up some brackets. As long as they start playing better, they'll they'll probably be on the first page. But, Pete, what do you think about this other bracket?
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, looking at this bracket for, for that tier level, um, you're almost going to put Sacramento and Minnesota maybe even in the bottom bracket.
0: Yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking while Gigi was talking. I was like, no, nah, yeah. I should have just suspended the bottom bracket.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was very nice. Hey, listen, it's listen, it's almost Christmas, man. You're trying to be nice and, you know, help them out.
0: You know? Somebody <laughs> said. Somebody said they got the Timberwolves finishing top four in the West. So, and that's why they're
1: not doing a podcast.
0: <laughs> no, they they are. They do have a podcast. There was a <laughs> podcast.
1: <laughs> but I, I <laughs> whatever. Go well, ahead. R- Russell and Cat <laughs> are talented, but no. I listen, mean, Carl Anthony Towns, New right? Jersey. Listen, he's good. He's good. But um, yeah. I mean, in this in this tier specifically. Most of the attention we're going to be talking about is uh, 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 Boston and Atlanta. Like I said, I think Atlanta might even be on their way now with the big win last night. I get it. No Giannis, no Middleton, but they still won by 20 points. And Trey Young had a massive game. I think he just barely missed the triple-double. Who who, who uh, stuck him? Who who played defense on him? Grayson Allen? That's a good question. I didn't see the game, actually. I just I just know exactly what took place and things like that, what highlights and stuff like that. Who primarily guarded him? I don't know, but he dropped forty-two points, so somebody didn't do a good job. I know that. Um, I mean, when, he, when he's on, it's hard to it's
0: hard to stick him. When absolutely,
1: listen. Better offense beats better defense all the time. So, um, and we already know Trey Young can score the ball. So. Um, oh no, Giannis he, was there last night. Giannis played. Oh, Giannis played last night. Giannis played last night.
0: Twenty-six.
1: Okay. 26 okay. 26 Okay, oh, okay, yeah, there you go. So, I mean, even better for Atlanta. Yeah, one we got. That,
0: I can I accept that one, if Giannis is there. But I think missing yeah. Chris Middleton is a big
1: piece for them, and I think it's showing early how big do. Was. Middleton's actually a very good on-ball defender, too. Who knows? Maybe he would have slid over and tried to guard Trey Young, Song. That's true. You know, um, as far as Boston's concerned, yeah, Boston's another one of those teams that'll be all right. You know, the certain teams that aren't doing well right now in the beginning of the season, I still expect to see them in the playoffs. You know, you got about six teams that you can sit here and say that were in the playoffs last season that even if they're struggling now will be in the playoffs this season. It's a matter of who we're going to be, those two unknown teams to make a step this year and get in the playoffs and take two of those teams that are usually there out of the playoffs. And uh, taking two teams out of the playoffs that are usually there, I don't see it being Boston and I don't see it being Atlanta right now.
0: Back in the room moving on let's get to that third bracket you know now we getting to a little bit more teams that got a little bit more potential in my eyes so i got on the rocks i got app. i got i got the pieces i ain't going to sit here and fumble over words i got the paces i got okc and i got toronto now it's, it's all different reasons why i got them on the rocks because indy's on the rocks because they're 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 below 500 i think they're a better team than what they're playing right now so for me it's like are they up or are they down? They need they need to figure it out out there. OKC is on the rocks because they're a young team that's actually showing that if you guys sleep on them, they could inch their way into eight So on the rocks for them is like I'm right on that edge of actually playing to get myself somewhere. They got five and seven, they're below five hundred, but they're beating teams that they're not supposed to beat, like the Lakers twice. Um, Toronto. Toronto right now is in the ninth. Um, they're struggling out there, six and four in the last, in the last four. Toronto just need to find out um, who's gonna be their new uh face. Is it Siakam? Who is it gonna be? Villan is bowling out there. So I didn't want to drop them too low into the bottom two tiers, but I had I didn't want to bring them too high because all these teams are they're kind of up and down for me. They're all on the rocks. So what do you guys think about the third tier?
1: I like it. Um, I think Nick nurse does a good job with Toronto. I'm actually not worried about Toronto. I think they play very, very hard. Um, OKC, they played my nets very well last night. They were getting beat by 20 points at one point and actually made it a game towards the end. Um, yeah. So, and, and the Pacers always play hard as well. You know, that, that Pacers actually have a lot of talent on that roster, man, with, um, you know, with, with Sabonis and, um, uh, Levert, Karis Levert, who used to play for the Nets coming over there. Um, they they play really good fundamental ball. They really do. So I expect the Pacers at some point in time to get it going as well. Um, like I said, Toronto always plays well. They'll get it together. I think they're at a, a good spot on this tier level. They're like right where they need to be
2: at. GK? No, I think all three teams are uh, exactly where they're supposed to be in this tier. Uh, with the Pacers and the Raptors, like what Pete said, they just play really hard, right? Mm-hmm. They play really hard, and they are they play good within their systems. Uh, ultimately, I just don't think – I think they both lack star power um, to get them over the hump in terms of maybe making a deep playoff run or a championship run, so mm-hmm. I don't see that happening. Uh, I do see them being, you know, the fringe level um, – like finishing on the fringe in terms of are they going to squeeze uh, into the top eight? Yes or no. They're going to be both bubble teams, I think. And then the Thunder is the only big question mark for me uh, because they are super young, but they do have the talent and they're, they're showing that, you know, they're not going to let anybody treat them as an easy out, but same thing. Like, like I said, I think they're appropriately tiered because I don't think they're a serious threat. Um, but they're also, they don't belong in, like, the bottom tiers, so.
0: All right, moving forward, we got Pete. Now, the tiers from here up is, like, teams that should be there, man, teams that should actually be doing good. So, the next tier, we got just two teams, and it's simple. Are we the same, Bucks and Portland, man? Uh, Portland's not playing too well right now. Bucks have some injuries. They're not playing too well uh, with just Giannis. Um, they're looking like they're the same type of team right now. Um I mean they both got some good things going. You know, you got Grease and Island out there in the Bucks. Uh Portland, you know, Damian Lillard had a good game the other night, even though he's still struggling to shoot. But um it, it's similar. The situation that not the situations that they're going through, but just the 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 where they're at in records and where uh, they're finding themselves in position at is really similar. Uh both of them are six and eight. Um, yeah, I hit that on the nail. Uh both of them are six and eight. So for me, it's like. Can you tell the difference between Portland and and the Bucks right now? What do you guys think about that too? Start with GK.
2: Yeah, I'm worried about Portland. Um, I just think it's gonna be the same song and dance as it is every year with them. Um, Not just not being able to get over the hump. And honestly, I I do think it hurts that they don't have Melo anymore. And then with the Bucks, I'm not worried about the Bucks. I think by the time the last part of the regular season comes around and playoff time, uh, I expect them to be contending for, you know, the final two rounds of the, of the postseason. season. Um, but the Blazers, I just, I don't think, I think they're lucky to be in this tier. I don't see them moving up. I only see them moving down or staying the same. So.
0: Mm-hmm. I can agree there. The bucks are just here because. I didn't want to put the bucks too high, and I did not want to put them too low because they are still a great team. They still have the the reigning um, the reigning finals MVP and Giannis, you know, coming off a chip. So you can't count them out. I put them, I think, right in a good spot in the middle because it's like they're going to move up. They're going to start playing better basketball. They're going to move up. But what Portland is on the under end of it, like touched G.K., they're either going to stay there or move down because mm. Toronto could move up. OKC, okay, if they keep playing and beating good teams, they can move up. Boston's gonna move up, Atlanta's gonna move up. So this this bottom bracket's it's going by midseason, by all-star week teams, only teams that's probably gonna be still there is home sweet home. But go ahead, Pete. What do you think about the we we are are we the same bracket?
1: Yeah, um, Portland like GK mentioned, you know, it's the same song and dance. Um, I think after this season's over unless they do something around the trade deadline or something that we don't know about yet. But I feel like at this point in time, by the end of the season, it's time for some sort of breakup and rebuild to go on with that team because you just been kind of doing the same thing. And it's not to say that Lillard and McCollum can't play together. Um, I don't know where the breakup specifically needs to take place. Maybe McCullum needs to take a step up and let it be his team and let Lillard go somewhere else. Or you know, maybe Lillard's just a better fit somewhere else, or maybe he just needs more pieces in. The thing about Lillard that I just like so much is the man never complains. Whatever four guys you put on the floor with him, he's cool with it and he goes out and does his thing. And I just feel like, yeah, they'll still make the playoffs. There's too much talent over there and Lillard's not gonna let them not make the playoffs. He's one of the most exciting players to watch in the NBA. You know, I had him actually picked for uh, my preseason possible MVP this year because I feel like he's always overlooked, but yet the man just puts up crazy numbers every single season. Right now, obviously, I look like I'm wrong on that because he's not having that great of a season. But I also think that contributes as well to maybe he's just not that happy there anymore. You know, it's time. He's gone to management about certain things and different changes that should be made, bringing this head coach, bringing these guys, and I don't think all his uh, question marks that he's had have all been answered. So I think at some point in time, it's time to break this up because just making the playoffs for a team like this that's been there already before, that's not enough no more. It's not, it's time to be talking championships now, not just can we make the playoffs. As far as the the Bucs is concerned, the Bucs are gonna be fine. The Mm Bucs, the key word with the Bucs is just be fully healthy. Let's get Mm -hmm. Middleton back on the floor. Once Middleton gets back on the floor, He runs this thing, okay? That's no knock on Giannis. We know Giannis is the face of the franchise. When LeBron's gone, he may be the face of the NBA, okay? But Middleton is that guy. Middleton is that guy that can score from anywhere on the floor, drive, shoot, play defense, has great size. He's just so quiet that he's like in Giannis's shadow because Giannis just gets all that attention. But don't sleep. Middleton easily could have got finals MVP last season. And I would have had no problem with that at all because Middleton is a straight baller. So I think they're right where they need to be. I think they're both playoff teams. I'm not worried about each team at all. But if I was going to be worried about anybody, I'd be more worried about Portland because I feel like it's still going to be that one and done or maybe second round exit. And when you're Damian Lillard and you have all the talent that he has and you've been around for as long as he has, it's like, okay, I'm in the prime of my career now. I'm only getting older. When is it going to be my time? When can I hold up a trophy for once? So, yeah, I think you have them right where they need to be. All
0: right, moving on to, to the next bracket. Now, this bracket is the teams that I feel like is holding on to that little AC, seed, 7th seed. They're, they're trying to hold on to the, in, in, in the top eight. And I got you know Memphis Grizzlies, the Hornets, the New York Knicks, and I got the Lakers there. So, going, starting with Pete, how do you feel about that bracket?
1: Uh, yeah. I, I got no problem with that at all. Um, The Lakers and the Knicks. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to ever call the Lakers a holding on team. If if the playoffs were to start in a few days, we call them a holding on team. But with the playoffs um a long ways away from now and LeBron not being there, I think they'll all get it right. Even if that means the whole Westbrook thing not working, I'm hearing possible trade talks and he's having too many turnovers and will LeBron and Westbrook work together or whatever. Put all that aside they're making the playoffs and they're going to be a dangerous team to worry about. So that, that's the team. Like when you talk about the Lakers, when you talk about the nets, when you even talk about the bucks, they are teams that like, no matter what the struggles may be right now, you still just don't worry about them. If they have struggles uh, a month before the season ends. All right. Maybe it's time to start talking that way. But as of right now, they're just teams that I'm not worried about. Memphis is super young. Um, they'll get it together. They got a real young team. Um, As far as the Hornets concern, LaMelo is almost must-see TV. Love watching that guy play. But they're also a young team that's figuring it out and getting it together. And the Knicks are going to be what the Knicks are, I would say, pretty close to what they were last season. Um, It's just tough when you don't have a bona fide superstar on the team. I think that's what the Knicks are missing. Um, I don't necessarily mean it was Carmelo Anthony, even though I'm a big Carmelo Anthony fan. But I feel like since Carmelo, they really haven't had a superstar. That's no knock on Russell and Derek Rose and all the pieces that they have on there, Barrett and all of that. But I just feel like, I'm sorry, I said Russell. I meant Randall. My apologies. Um, I just feel like you need one guy that is a superstar that was like, you know what, when it's time to go to, that's the guy we're going to put the ball in his hands and get the final shot and make it happen. But the Knicks are well coached. I'm a big Thibodeau fan. I'm more of a Thibodeau fan than I am a Steve Nash fan for my Nets. You know what I mean? Thibodeau's that guy that gets in your face. He tells it how it is. And he's a really, really good head coach. And I feel weird even saying he's an underrated head coach. He's always been successful with any team that he's controlled. And it's not surprising that the Knicks have had two really good seasons in last year. And I feel like they're a playoff team this year. And I think a lot of it is in
2: large and part to the way Thibodeau runs that team. You good? Uh, I agree with Pete on all fronts, basically. Um I'll start with the Lakers. So same thing like he said, I'm not worried. LeBron has showed that like he figures it out one way or the other. They'll still be a uh, a threat to possibly win the championship. The Knicks, uh I don't think they're a threat to win the championship because of the same reasons Pete said, like they don't have enough star power, just to put it blatantly obvious, like I think uh, they play very good defense. They play really hard. They play really well together. But when it comes down to it, like, like, are they going to be able to beat LeBron? No. Um, or, or Giannis or, yeah, like maybe they win a playoff series or two, but that's, you know, the end, sort of the end, end of the line for them. Uh, the Hornets, I actually love watching them not only because LaMelo being fun to watch, but the development of uh, Miles Bridges, because he's uh, an athletic specimen, to say the least. Uh Um, So that's been really fun. And he's just, his player efficiency is is crazy. Like, they've been playing really well. Um, Maybe their uh, front court is a little bit lacking. Um, Are they a threat to win a championship this year? Probably not, but they're going to be fun, especially if they can squeeze into the playoffs. And then the Grizzlies, I think... They're, this is kind of their peak. I, they rely on John ja, ja Morant so much, and I just don't think they have enough to be a powerhouse. I think they're just good enough to be a fringe-level playoff team. Um, I don't even think that they can really get out of the first round, to be honest. Uh, so I only really see them moving down. I don't really see them moving up. It's a tough bracket because Lakers
0: should be higher. Hornets are four and six in their last ten, so I couldn't put them higher, but I didn't want to put them lower because they, they are they are a young team, but they they play well together, man. they're gonna they could make the playoffs. Right now they're in eighth seed. They could keep that seed or probably the seventh seed because the Knicks, the Knicks are five and five in their last and they they, they do play good defense, but they're kind of struggling. Um Moving on to the top. These are the top four brackets. Sorry, five, two, five, five brackets. Top five, right? So at the bottom, we got better than you think. We got the Utah, we got 76ers, we got LA Clippers, and we got Miami Heat. Now, I put the 76ers there because Embiid is hurt, right? But when Embiid is here, they won six straight. So you can't, you can't sit here and take the four losses as, oh, they're a bad team. They're better than we think they are. The Jazz dropped five of five in their last. Uh, 10, but they're the jazz. They, they play good ball. I expect them to go back up um, to probably middle middle, middle, 450, maybe third seed. They could fight the Nuggets for the third seed. They were at the top of the um, they did finish uh, number one seed in the West last year. Uh, L.A. Clippers, they're just balling right now. Uh, Paul George alone has him in sixth place at eight and six. They're, they're playing good ball. Miami Heat, Jimmy Butler is out. They lost a couple of games without Jimmy, but they're eight and five in fifth place. So I, I think they're better when they get their, their pieces back, uh, when the Jazz start playing the way they need to play. Uh, they will be um, probably some mixing up at the top of those brackets. But starting with Pete, uh, what do you think about that last bracket? there?
1: Yeah. um hang on here a second here. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's fitting right where you have them is fitting. I mean, the 76ers we touched on before a little bit, uh, Miami Heat, they're just dogs, man. Um, you know, who would ever thought that Eric Spolster would still be coaching the Heat all these years later? later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy because he started off as a video guy. And then I remember when he got the gig and he's coaching LeBron, Bosh, and D-Wade. I mean, it was like two, three weeks into his coaching gig with them. And everybody's talking about when is Pat Riley going to come down and take over? That's all they kept talking about. All talk about. Now you fast forward 10 years later. And Spolsters is like a good coach, man. He's like a top coach in the league. Players like him. He gets the job done. You're already seeing what he did with Miami in the bubble two seasons ago. Nobody saw that. Nobody had Miami in the bubble going to the championship. So um, yeah, yeah. All them teams, I mean, the Clippers, Paul George is just flat out balling. What he's doing for that team without having Kawhi Leonard taking the large portion of everything on his shoulders and on his back is just. Tremendous, completely tremendous. And Utah, Utah's Utah. You know, Utah plays good defense. Rudy go all those guys over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's got room to move up. I don't really see any teams in that bracket that I would sit here and say are going to go, like, take a fall and go down. Unless they had some type of castra- catastrophic injury or something like that. Other than that, no, it's just on the rise for these I teams. I would say
0: 76s have the potential to drop if Embiid doesn't come back. It would, depending on his timeline of coming back, because they say he could be out a week. Um, if it's longer than that, I might, I might be inclined, but we could discuss it. Me, me, me and Pete will talk about it. Uh, we can discuss it where they go, but GK, what's your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I like, uh, everybody where they're at. Um, we touched earlier on the Sixers that, uh, you know, we got to get in beat back. Uh, Clippers. Yeah. Still without Kawhi, Paul George, they're, the way their roster is constructed. Um, I, I think they will be, you know, in the playoff race for sure. The Heat, same thing when we just talked about it. Jazz. Jazz, I don't think the Jazz are a threat to win the championship, but I definitely think they're, they're a playoff team. They just play so well together. They play their system really well. Uh, I love Donovan Mitchell. He's a beast. And it's funny that I just had this thought in my head right now. Like, if the Knicks could somehow have Donovan Mitchell, that is the type of person I think that puts them over that little hump um, that I mentioned because it's like – such a highly potent offensive player, which is, I think, basically what they're lacking, you know, because Kemba, as much as I'm a fan of his, he's not Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that... Uh, and then on the other side, like, in terms of the Jazz team, I don't think they have enough around Mitchell on the Jazz to get them over that hump. So I think they're just kind of be stuck in the middle, kind of like the Knicks are. Um, but yeah, I think, I think this is a great tier. Everybody pretty much is where they should one other
1: be. Point, one other point, I feel like if Kemba was that dude, Boston wouldn't have moved on from him that quickly. I was mm. going to
0: say something about Kemba too, but I was like, let me just keep moving on, keep the flow going. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> Kemba is struggling out there with the Knicks, man. And everybody's saying this, 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 bad about Kemba, bro. Kemba is showing you why he could not still be a Boston Celtic. I mean, because we just don't, we don't, we don't, we don't need a guy like that. We don't, we don't. I think to coming in, however you guys want to pronounce his name, was a good pickup. I think later on in the season, it, they probably move him to the starting lineup. Uh, that's what, uh, I'm going to think it probably be, unless you're starting Brown at the, at the two, because you know they get weird with their lineups with positionless basketball, sometimes Tatum Right, a right. power forward. I don't know why Tatum's a power forward, but... Uh, moving on to the next bracket, uh, what are we missing? As Dallas and Denver, they're both seven three in the last uh, ten games. Dallas is fourth, Denver being third. But I just feel like they always seem to to, to be at the t- in the top five. These two teams, but it's like yeah, I both just alluded to with other teams. They don't have the necessary means to be a playoff, uh, uh, uh like a, a threat to win a championship. Like I don't see. Luca and Porzingis as a threat in the West. I don't see Joker as a threat in the West to win a championship, even when Jamal Murray is 100 percent healthy. Um, so what do you what are you guys on that starting with um start with GK?
2: Yeah, so I disagree with you as far as the Nuggets go. I think if the Nuggets are at full health with Murray, then they're a problem because I really like Michael Porter, um, and I think Aaron Gordon is a little bit underrated. I, I, I like their supporting cast. I think it's good enough to really win a championship, and Joker was the um, MVP, right? So, and not only that, but I, I don't think Jamal Murray really gets the credit that he deserves. That man is a beast. That man is a top point guard in the league. I don't know how he's going to be when he comes back right but if he is if he can be what he was then yeah like I, give me the nuggets like as a serious serious threat to um to be able to win it all um but on the other hand the Mavericks I agree with you um I don't think Luca has a strong enough supporting cast but I do think Luca is that dude uh hey, hey. I do think that Luca will win a championship at one point or another I don't know when. I don't know how. Um, I don't think that um, – I, I think that maybe Porzingis's expected role is just a little bit too much. Uh, I do think Porzingis is a good player, and I do think he can contribute to a championship-winning team. But if you were going to tell me your big three is like Hardaway, Porzingis, and Luca, I just don't think that's good enough. Mm-hmm. Sure. So – so, yeah, I, I like the Mavs. I, like, I love Luka. I love Luka. I think, you know, they're, they're going to definitely make a playoff run. Um, but can they win it all? I don't think so. Can the Nuggets win it all if they're fully healthy? I think they could. Sure. So you think
0: the Nuggets, full healthy versus a full health Lakers or full health <laughs> Warriors, they, they could beat them in a seven-game yeah. series?
2: I feel like it's closer than you think. Sure. And it wouldn't surprise me if they got past either one of them. I'm not going to sit here and say, like, 100% give me the Nuggets in a seven games against either of those teams. But I think it's close enough to where, yeah, I'm I, i, I I'm not going to say, yeah, give me the Lakers for sure 100% or give me the um, Warriors. Uh, yeah, the Warriors. No, I, 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 I think the Nuggets can go toe-to-toe with either of them.
0: It's respectable. I mean, what was it two years ago before Murray got hurt? They kind of did make a, a a big push, but um yeah, I just I, I think they're they're a team that can make the Western Conference finals, but I don't see them as a team, just in my opinion, just yet um as a team that could actually be a threat to go to the finals and actually win the chip. Um, can they get there? I mean, the Suns made it yet last year. So I wouldn't that's why I say I can respect what you're saying. The Suns made it last year. So Denver could definitely bar all the cookie crumbles falling in their lap the right way can definitely
1: make a difference. Pete? Yeah, I mean, because we're only a certain amount of games through this season right now, it's harder for me to say. So I'll go back to last season. I'll be honest with you, man. A healthy Jamal Murray, I think that whole Western Conference Finals uh, and how the championship turned out could have easily went in some different direction. I was not very big on Phoenix. I didn't think that Phoenix was like, I just think everything fell the right way. I think they got the Lakers at the right time. And uh, uh, the other teams that they beat in the playoffs, they got at the right time with the right injuries and things like that. But I feel like Jamal Murray is a huge piece. And when I say huge piece, I don't mean, oh, he's a huge piece because he's their starting point guard. No, he's a huge piece because he's Jamal Murray. Mm. And he's that freaking good, in my opinion. So I feel like the fact that uh, uh, Denver even made it as far as they did last year without him. I Mm. think is crazy. I think the Aaron Gordon trade was amazing. Um, Mm. I think they did a lot of good things to, uh, make that team better and fit around them with everything that went on with Jamal Murray. And I'm ready for him to get back on the floor because I think immediately when he gets back on that floor, that team is completely better. Michael Porter and all those guys, they even got a lot of good role players on that team. Um, and they're well coached as well. So That could be a scary team, man. It really could be. Especially when, like, teams over the last few years that you didn't expect did as well as they did. Your Atlanta Hawks, your Phoenix Suns, the year before that, the Miami Heat. Like, these are teams that nobody picked to be finals teams or or conference finals teams, and they did it. And with the Nuggets doing as well as they did without Jamal Murray, how could you go downhill from there? I kind of feel like. Um, As far as Dallas is concerned, it's – GK mentioned with their big three – As far as I'm concerned, I don't even call that a big three. I call that a big two. I think Hardaway is great, and I think he's underrated. Why I say not a big three is because I don't trust Porzingis. And it's not that I don't trust Porzingis' talent. I don't trust Porzingis' health. I feel like every time I turn around three, four different times throughout the season, the man comes back from an injury, and then a week later, he's out again. Bad legs, bad feet, whatever it may be. And I feel like sometimes it's like, come on, man. I play sports, too. You know what I mean? How many times do I suck it up and play? and I pay to play in the leagues that I play that I play in. You know what I mean? I'm not getting paid millions of bucks. You're getting paid millions of bucks. A lot of times these coaches and this training staff will sit you down just because you say you're not 100%. But let's be real. Could you really be out there helping your team? Probably, but you want to take that night off. And I'm not trying to question Porzingis' commitment or whatever the case may be, but come on, man. You got to be a little bit more uh, available to your team when your team needs you in the biggest situations.
0: Agree, agree. Moving on to the next tier. So these top three tiers is like right now, my top teams in the in the game, right? But for these for these next two is like you gotta say they're top teams because they're winning and they're they're beating good teams, all right? They're beating they're beating teams they're not supposed to beat. You got the Cavs at nine and five, and you got the Wizards at nine and three. The Cavs are there because. They're a biggest surprise to me, but I couldn't put them higher on the list, and I didn't feel like right now in, in this week, these last two weeks of play, that they deserve to go low on this list. But at GK, if you if you feel like the Nuggets should be higher, then I, I'm not opposed to switching the Cavs and the Nuggets.
2: Uh, so well, the thing is this: it's I don't think that they should be higher because, like, we're we're in the present, right? So. They don't the fact of the matter is, they don't have a healthy Murray right now, and like Pete was saying, Murray is that dude to me. He that man is star power point guard, so sure. they need him back. And you know, I, I had ACL and meniscus reconstruction surgery as well. And from my personal experience, you're able to play come 12 months post surgery, you're able to play, but you're not really you again. If ever, you know, for another maybe 12 months after that. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, no, the having the Nuggets where they are is fine. But, uh, in terms of this bracket, the Cavs, like for me, the, both these teams, Cavs and Wizards, like what a surprise, right? Um,
0: look how far they came. Look how, um, how far can they take it? That's that's it, it, right. it's so, crazy.
2: Um, Darius Garland, Colin Sexton, and Ricky Rubio off the bench, right? That's that's pretty fire, in my opinion, because Rubio is the experienced vet, and he can teach them what's going on. And then the other two just have so much talent and athleticism, right? And then Jarrett Allen, I love, and, yes. and nobody, like the the young buck. So there's a lot of really good things going on right there for them. Uh, can they make a championship run? Probably not. Can they squeeze into the playoffs and maybe win a first round? Probably. like I wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. But um, like as we talked about some of the teams earlier, I don't really see them moving up in terms of tiers or power rankings or being more of a threat. I only see them maybe maybe moving down. But uh, as a Cavs fan, you got to be excited right now. Um, and I mean, the Wizards pretty much any points with that be. I already talked about earlier. So
0: yeah, I think that's as high as the Cavs gonna be.
2: And yeah. Unless
0: they unless they go on a twenty game winning streak, they might be in the, in the spot <laughs> the Suns are, but. Pete, what's
1: your thoughts on the, on the third bracket? Yeah, um, I like it. Um, we talked a lot about the Wizards. We've been giving the Wizards a lot of love, and it's definitely well-deserved. Um, a lot of the love just needs to go to the coaching staff, the general management, and the ownership for coming in and making the moves and the trades that they did to bring in the young pieces. I mean, you signed in, Woody, to a really nice contract, and that was off an of ACL tear. I mean, mm-hmm. did you didn't know how much you could really trust in Woody coming off of an injury. Everybody doesn't respond the same way. He's playing out of his mind over there. So um you bring in Kuzma who didn't look amazing with the Lakers. He's playing out of his mind. Montrez Harrell always came off the bench in his career. He's playing out of his mind. So everything that the Wizards did, whatever vision that they saw, that they said, you know what, we're going to take a risk on doing this because that's what it was to me, was a risk. It's all worked out perfectly at least for the first part of the season. So definitely kudos to them. As far as the Cavs is concerned, it's crazy. I I I I always look back to the past and it's like the Cavs always like do the right thing when it comes to like their draft picks. You know, whether they have the first overall pick or whether they have not the first overall pick, they always do the right thing with their pick. LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, Mobley. Like these guys are all guys that at some point in time they drafted them, they had them on their draft board, they took them. Like Kyrie Irving, for instance, Kyrie Irving played one year with Duke and literally missed pretty much the whole entire season. They still made him his number one overall pick. And what happened? He helped them win a championship in Cleveland. So when Cleveland, Makes a pick in the draft, they know what the heck they're doing over there because they don't strike out hardly at all when it comes to doing that. And with Mobley, with Sexton, and with all those guys, I think they're playing real well. And the biggest piece to me, and I'm gonna say this, being a Nets fan, I miss them now. Is Jared Allen. Jared Allen is balling out of his mind, blocking shots, rebounding, alley oops. He's doing it all. The only thing I can say is, is if we had a kept Jared Allen, I wouldn't have James Harden on my team right now. So that's the only thing that really makes me okay with losing Jared Allen. But I don't get to watch a lot of Cleveland Cavaliers games. But when I watch those Cleveland Cavalier highlights, highlights, all I'm seeing is Jared Allen, Jared Allen, Jared Allen. And you can't miss the guy. He's seven feet tall with an afro that puts him at eight feet tall. Okay? And the guy is literally bawling out of his mind over there. I'm super, super happy for him. The guy couldn't have been happy finding out in the middle of the season that you're leaving the Nets, which were picked to possibly win the championship last year, Uh now guess what? You're going to Cleveland. He couldn't have been happy at that. He was a starting center. I don't think he belonged there. I don't think he belonged in Cleveland. Yeah, he he was the starting, he was a starting center for the Nets. And it's like, oh, you're on a possible championship team, and now we're throwing you to the Cavs. But guess what? He's with the Cavs now. It's the second season with the Cavs. He's more acclimated with them. He's he he's now figured out that system and he looks great for them. I mean, keep in mind they parted ways with Andre Drummond, okay, who's a very good center in our league. And Jared Allen now has the keys. He's that center on their team, and he's playing just as good as almost any other center in the league right now. So I'm really happy for the guy.
0: Word. Okay, moving into the second to last tier. And it, it, this one was made just for the Suns. Hot in the Sun for the Phoenix Suns because they're they're 8-2 over their last uh, 10, second in the conference. They started off a little rough in the, in the first two weeks and a half. I had them uh, low on the tiers. They, they climbed up a little bit. But I think they drop from here. This is my, my thing, maybe one or two tiers, because I think, like you guys said earlier, some good teams are gonna start playing better, like the Bucs, Atlanta. So to, to, to see what they do, the Phoenix Suns might not stay there. But what do you guys think about Phoenix Suns? Last week, last bracket, uh Dallas had their own bracket and it was called Not Who You Think We Are. Now the Suns have their own bracket and it's called Hot in the Sun. Starting with you, Pete, what's your thoughts on it?
1: I think the Suns are going to be right exactly what they were last season, not meaning that necessarily they'll be in the championship or not even meaning that they'll get over the hump and win the championship, but the team is pretty much for the most part still there. And they're balling the same way that they balled last year. Uh, Chris Paul, all he does is get older and it doesn't seem like it affects his game at all. Not at all. The guy, and and, you know, when you're not a, a point guard anyway, that needs to score the ball to be successful, I mean, the guy just can put everybody in the right place at the right time. He's even slightly undersized nowadays with how big a lot of these point guards are. And it doesn't show like it's a bad effect on the team at all. He really walked right in the door and immediately made that team so much better. And that goes to show you why he's gonna be the first Ballard Hall of Famer that he's gonna be. Booker is freaking an unreal talent, um, whether it's driving, whether it's shooting, he's got one of the best strokes in the game. yeah, they're they they they're, they're going to be where they are. I mean, like I said, I didn't expect them to be in a championship last year, but the cards all fell the right way with injuries and different things like that. And like we said before, we're never going to knock a team for winning because the team they played against was injuries because the injuries could have went their way and not your way. Mm-hmm. You have to play the team that's in front of you. And next man up, everybody has to step up, and it all worked out for them. Um, so I think Phoenix is going to be right there. I think Phoenix could easily be or definitely should be going into the playoffs, the top four seed. They should be hosting uh, the most home games in the first round of the playoffs, no matter who it is that they're against.
2: GK? I think the Suns should not be slept on. I think they could win it all. Um, Do I think that they have a better chance than any of the other threats? No, not at all. I'd say there's a couple other teams out there that have a better chance than them, but would it surprise me if, you know, come next year, they're the defending champs? No, not at all. I think that maybe that's a possibility. And like Pete was saying with Chris Paul, he, he doesn't rely on his athleticism whatsoever. Basically he's, he's, I would compare him to like Tom Brady where it's his biggest strengths are like knowing what to do, knowing what needs to happen knowing where guys needs to be and like you know the other thing is the suns play elite playoff level defense all the time um and yeah i just think with their roster construction it's ideal for chris paul i think he has the pieces he needs and wants um so yeah i think the suns are are the real deal
0: yeah they are man um the sun, the Suns are a really good team, man, and I think just because of their slow start, people will probably like, look, the Suns ain't the team that you think they are. No, they're gonna probably be somewhere in the top three to four brackets all year for me. Um, as winning as as right now. Yeah, as long as they keep their high, they have high, um, high play up uh, going into the last bracket, top of the top. You know who can, who can be touched? Who can touch us, bro? Who can touch the Golden State in the next Nets is the only team in the East right now that's eight and two in their last ten games. All right. Golden State eight and two in the West, top of the leaderboard eleven and two. Brooklyn ten and four. What do you guys thought starting with GK on the top bracket?
2: So, well, starting with Golden State, um, I think it'll be healthy for them if they can take a couple L's, because once the end of the season comes around. Basketball gets a little different, you know, like like what are they going to do in terms of front court matchups when, you know, if and when that becomes an, an issue, you know? I believe in Kerr. I believe that that's something they could figure out. But um, for them, I think if they're challenged in that manner at some point during the regular season, that'll be healthy for them. Um, but they're so good at doing what they do right now. I do think that that's strong enough. For they they that they could win the title playing the way they play right now even without clay uh with the nets it's all about their roster bro they have so much talent being a, i, mean, I don't care that some of it's old i don't care because they don't nobody really needs to be the entree they just need to be the seasoning in the sides like they could like any of them could at any given night drop over 20 anybody like on that team i feel like And you know, hard, uh, Harden and Durant both are like two of the most potent scorers ever in the history of the NBA. Like, they could either one of them could go off for 50 any given night. Um, and they play well together, nobody's really playing selfish in that. My only problem is schematically, like, are they willing to, when it comes down to it, be? more um willing to dive into like basketball iq and figuring out tactically and strategically like how they can beat other teams or are they just always going to go back to like i'm gonna rely on my talent and just try to score more points than you every time like because i don't i think that could be their downfall is if they're not willing to figure things out strategically like are they always just going to be like, all right, Harden or, or Durant, one of you two guys is going to have to drop 45 or 50 tonight in this playoff game in, in order for us to win. Cause I don't think that that's a good recipe for a success. I think there's going to be times where they need to just figure out strategically, like how we're going to beat this other team.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I was gonna say, it's funny that these are our two top teams. Well, it's not funny because they're playing that out of their mind. But what's funny about it is, is it's must see TV tomorrow night. Mm. They play tomorrow night in Brooklyn. We could be looking at a preview of our uh, 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 NBA finals tomorrow night. That is must-see TV. I'm a big Nets fan. And at the same time, if I had a favorite team out West, I'd sit here and call it the Golden State Warriors. I'm Mm -hmm. always a fan of my shooters. Curry, Clay. love them to death. They are must-see TV. I can't wait for Clay to eventually get back out there. I think these teams are exactly where they should be because – If these tier levels, I mean, we can't always make tier levels based on what you used to be or what we think you're going to be. Why not base tier levels on what you are right now, okay? I feel like what you are right now is why the Wizards are where they're at right now on this tier level, not basing it on like, oh, well, you'll fall off eventually or you did nothing last year. No, we put you there because that's what you're proving to us right now. With the record the way it is right now, and right now the class of the East, in my opinion, is the Nets. And right now, obviously, with the record that they have, the class of the West is Golden State. These two teams are playing out of their mind, and easily, easily could be a preview of what the championship looks like.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, you hit it on a, you hit the nail on a on a on a coffin, bro, because that's what I made the test for, bro. It was to 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 show people how teams are doing in that moment, not. Oh, we're projecting them to finish here. We're projecting them to be this way. My tiers, or our tier list is going to be uh, predicated on week to week basis of how the team plays, not how one player plays. How the team plays, and that's how we rank them. So the Cavs could lose five five in the next week, and they could fall. The Wits could lose five in the next week, and they could fall. But uh, I'm I'm pretty happy that you guys like the tiers and made me happy. Um, But go ahead, Pete.
1: Yeah, let me throw in one other point too. That something that could be like (laughs) so freaking scary, right? Is like. So we know the whole COVID thing and everything with Kyrie Irving and all that stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But do people really realize that, like, technically Kyrie could be playing away games right now if the Nets allowed him to? Yeah. Like, right now, Kyrie's allowed. He's still part of the Nets organization. He still gets paychecks for away games. He's not getting paychecks for home games because it's his choice to not get the vaccination vaccination and be eligible to play in home games but he still gets paychecks for away games, even with him not being there because the team is the reason why he's not there. He's not the reason he's not there. The team got together and said, listen, you're either with us all in or not at all. We can't do this type of part-time type of thing. So that just goes to show you like the nets are balling out of control right now. They're playing the way they're playing. They got the superstars on the team that they got. And it's like, if they wanted to even be better than they could, every time they travel, they could just, Oh, guess what? Kyrie's in the starting lineup tonight. How are you going to that? deal with that? How you going to deal with that? How are you going to deal with that? But the Nets didn't want to go that path. And as a Nets fan, I'm okay with them not going that path. I couldn't agree more. You're either all in or you're not in at all. I can't do the part-time thing. Does he make our team better? Will we be a better team? Come on. No one's going to sit here and argue that point at all. Kyrie is an un- un- unbelievable talent. But at the same time, it's like, if the Nets really wanted to get like grimy and really, really put it on the rest of the league, they could sit here and say, you know what, man, we're sorry, Kyrie. Come play the away games with us. Then what would teams do? It, it'd be, it be. <laughs> they might have the record right now that Golden State has right now. You know, so the Nets, the Nets are are are, are really good even without Kyrie, and they're definitely in a place that they need to be. And as a Nets fan, I'm happy to say that.
0: <laughs> All right, final thoughts, GK. We're closing the show out. Final thoughts.
2: Um. Well, I was just – I just had a couple thoughts about what um, Pete was just saying. Uh, I agree with him 100%. I just – I'm glad – I'm almost glad in a way that the Nets um, decided to handle that the way they handled that because it's not fair to the other guys on the team, like especially the other guards and the other guys bringing the ball up because then you're saying like, oh, well, like now you need me and then now you don't. Like, I'm giving you my all at home, and then that's my ball. That's my rock. And then all of a sudden you're going to take it away from me every time we go on the road. Like, you, you can't really do that to a player. So I'm, I'm glad that they handled it the way they did.
1: Any other final thoughts from you guys? Um, I'm just going to say must-see TV tonight and must-see TV tomorrow night. Uh, we just touched on it with – um. The, the, the Nets Warriors, I mean, I'm going to be glued to that TV. I almost wish we were doing this on Tuesday to talk about that game on Monday. I know we'll get to it on Friday, yeah, but we'll that game, game I, I am so excited to see this game. Um, it just shows you how the two teams actually measure up, and I get it. The Nets don't have Kyrie, and I get it they don't have clay thompson but at the same time i'm actually not expecting kyrie at all this entire season so what our roster is right now is what it is right now they're only going to get better when they get clay but it's almost like get better they only got two losses so it's so this this is this is this is must see tv tomorrow night and also too as a football fan it's must see tv tonight as well because um I got to see this tonight with Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham out there, and then it makes it more exciting. And I don't mean this. I hope Robert Woods recovers and comes back 100%. And I'm so sorry that he had this injury. Yeah, um, I was just saying, like, I'm super excited to see Odell play tonight. Um, With Woods being injured, you're going to really get to see what he's going to be like in the first week with the team. And another thing I just want to mention, too, if you guys are not on it yet or the people out there watching and listening aren't on it yet, get on that Manning Monday night broadcast. The Manning's Monday night broadcast is unbelievable. I don't even watch the normal Monday night broadcast anymore. I watch Eli and Peyton talk about Monday night football. It's like almost must-see TV. They're hilarious. They have a different guest on every quarter. It's almost like this might be the new way to watch Monday night football. Uh, Whoever thought of it, whose idea was to come up with doing that, the Mannings doing football, i much rather listen to than Brian Greasy and the other guy that's on there with him, uh, uh, Riddick and, and whoever else hosts the show. The two Mannings together doing that Monday night broadcast, it's fun. It's enlightening. It's, it's hilarious. Um, and they also, when they're not joking around and having guests, they're giving firsthand insight on what's going on. They stand up. They show you how they do things. They pull up a little iPad. They go over plays. It's, it's a good thing that uh, Monday night football came out with this and it's making Monday night football that much more enjoyable.
2: Anything left for you, GK? No, I agree with Pete hundred percent. I love the Manning cast. Uh, a lot of people hate on it because some of the guests have been cringy at sometimes, but um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I can overlook that easily because I think it's cool that they have, they have guests. Um, I think it's cool. They have guests. And like you said, they are very entertaining to watch. They're funny. And then, um, they'll break down plays in ways that the regular, uh, the mainstream cast doesn't break down. So so I'm with you 100% there. And then in terms of Odell, yeah, I'm excited to see him tonight. Um, I'm not expecting – I don't have high expectations because I doubt he's learned the playbook fully yet. But, um, but yeah, it's going to be exciting to watch him out there. So.
0: All right, guys. I want to thank you guys for, you know, dropping in GKP, you know. This uh, this this is great, man. We got uh, it's a good thing, man. Got some two educated people on on sports here to talk sports with me, so I appreciate you guys. For all you guys out there listening on YouTube, don't forget to hit the like button, hit that subscribe button. You know, leave us a comment, let us know what you want to hear us talk about. Uh, but yeah, just want to thank you guys, man. Thank you guys for watching. And yeah, this is from the sideline Padca- podcast. From the sideline podcast. And we want to thank GK for stopping by. You know, he watched that Jets game last night. He should still be asleep now. <laughs> he should definitely still be asleep, but he, he stopped by and spent some time with me and Pete. And I want to thank, you know, Pete, who's who's uh he's coming into his own on the show, man. I want to thank you guys, man.
1: Thank you. Thank you, yeah, bro. Thank you. Yeah, yeah man. You, you, you quarterback in a great show right now, man. So I, thank you.
0: I appreciate the help, though, man. I can't do it without you guys.